Okay. So shall we begin? Uh, yes, why don't you begin, Alan, and I'll okay. just read these people. Okay. So my name is Alan Ginsburg, and I'm a member of the Club Executive Board. To begin with, it's uh, an interesting audience, at least from my view, looking out at you. Um, aside from um, mathematical or business meetings, and aside from Buddhist congregations, it's one of the most interesting mixtures of European, American, and Oriental places that I've seen in the United States since I've been born. <laughs> so that really is a, a, a charming sign of one world. Uh, the folks at the table, the translator is Mr. Ikai Ching, the general editor of Chinese Culture Quarterly who has been translating for the distinguished poet Chu Ting. Chu Ting? How do I say it? I'll show the Americans pronounce their name properly. It's perfect already. <laughs> and Karen Olds, uh, the American poet, to begin with, Sharon is uh, the, the uh, there'll be a colloquy between shooting and Sharon Olds, conversation, uh, beginning with some poetry by shooting, which uh, Sharon will read in English, and uh, then conversation, hopefully satisfying everybody's curiosity about secret family life political life, aesthetic <laughs> life, uh, 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 gangs of thousands of poets. <laughs> uh, whatever we are most inquisitive to know, and we might be able to ask questions also. Shu uh, Ting, as a uh, poet, is famous all over China, particularly among the younger generations, because of uh, her uh, radical poetry, radical in the sense that it introduced new theme to the surface, which was young love. Uh, her early poems were put up on the democracy wall, or actually mature poems were put up on the democracy wall, particularly a poem uh, declaring love in terms of uh, the Im image of a tree with branches touching, uh, equality of love between the sexes, which implied ultimately equality between the people and the party, or was so interpreted in the in the uh, social circumstance of the ebbing of the Cultural Revolution and the reemergence of human feeling in China. Uh, when I was in Baoding in 1984, December, among the younger students, when I asked who was an interesting poet in China, Xu Ting's name was the first that was spoken, and her uh, and the younger students, like 17-year-old kids, even went to the trouble of translating her best-known poems for me to make sure that I was introduced and understood what was going on. So I found that wherever I went, asking uh, who was representative 
of a younger generation of Chinese writers, Xu Ting's name, Rose. And so we are very happy to have her here tonight. And we're lucky to get the, uh, so humane a person to talk to. With Karen Olds, equally humane, who's uh, born in San Francisco, uh, educated out west and in New York, living and teaching in the east, whose poetry also has elements of narrative with emotion, like direct contact with the world in uh, affect, real feeling, uh, as part of the narration of story. So we have two women poets of distinguished feeling to converse with us tonight. So I'll leave the rest of the floor to them. From Goodbye West Berlin, The Bar at Night. I'm not willing to cross the border. Here each of us is safe, guarded by orangeade and beer. No gun will be fired to startle us, wild geese flying by instinct. From your dim banks, my flowering wreaths descend to embrace Munich, her streets. 
at night. Stuffed birds on the walls of Husum restaurant. Though they have spread their wings for so many years, these birds can't fly away from the wall. Wings of flame flutter in the fireplace. If you hide yourself in the lamplight, you will learn to fear the night. When you see, amidst the crying of birds, another struggling gesture that decorates the wall. Perhaps a good place to start would be for me to ask you about the music of your poetry, which I heard, and I wasn't able to define what it was. Uh, and I don't know enough about Chinese poetry to know about rhyme and rhythm. I don't know if the question in English, do you write in a formal pattern? or in what is called free verse or organic verse here, if that question would make sense. But would you talk about your form? Or not, so I still use rhyme. So the rhyming schemes 
to uh, strengthen the, the uh, poetic feeling uh, uh, in my poem. I think the most important thing is the rhythm, the inner the pattern of the rhythm within the poem. It follows the emotions uh, and the feelings in order to determine the, the rhythm and the rhyme. So when I have more confidence, uh, then I be begin to feel that uh, I'm not strict in using rhyming scheme. Could I ask, what what do you most love poetry for? What is it about about it, about writing it, about being in that way that you that you love the most and that means the most to you? It's a very complicated question. <laughs> it's also a controversial for our Chinese <laughs> literary critics. I told them that uh, I never realized what uh, I've been writing about. Uh, I seldom discuss with my friends, uh, uh, friend poets, about the question of poetry. Uh, sometimes I feel it is a skill to get across uh, uh, to people's spirits. So um, I think so the thing I cherish most is life itself instead mm. of poetry. So for myself, uh, a very simple person, so art is not everything. So I think so I uh, uh, live and to write poetry. It's not uh, for writing poetry in order to live. So maybe so you can say that I'm looking for some kind of joy. Because particular person, but do you think about a reader uh, at any point in the writing or the revising? And if so, is it a reader with any particular age or 
gender or style of life. I do have uh, the imaginary readers. But after I finish my uh, poem, I usually will forget uh, whom I'm writing to. So usually I don't want to show it to uh, the ones that I write to. I feel that there's no relationship between us after I finish the point. A lot of people uh, think that I'm writing poems for them. So I'd better keep silent. <laughs> One thing that I find very strong in your work is its very clear and extremely powerful voice, an, an uh, assertive voice that I really like. I was wondering while I read your work if this is something that you think you were born with or something that you developed in relation to events in your life. Like everyone, so when I start writing poetry, so, uh, I was quite so childish, naive. But it's quite strange that uh, those childish poems have more so wider audience. Maybe it's hard to distinguish uh, naivety and simplicity. <coughs> I often think that I've never written any uh, poem. <laughs> I think I'm not working hard enough in writing poetry. So if uh, you feel something powerful in my poetry, probably it's uh, just something spontaneous from what I experienced in my life. So, and last week, so I'd like to mention one thing that is People often ask me, so which poem do you like most? So I often like to so 
I use the same same words the the uh, football star or soccer star the, of Brazil the, and the last the, the next four would be the best. <laughs> Also to mention that at the end of our conversation there will be a, a good period of time in which uh, questions will be welcome from others also since I know what I bring to this conversation are my own concerns and there would be questions that I would never think of that would be of much interest to many of you so we will have we will have plenty of time for that I want to ask you something that relates to uh, my feelings as an American poet it's my fantasy that if I were, that if I had grown up in China and I were Chinese and I were a poet, that I would have less sense of isolation from the culture. And that when I stood up to give a reading, I wouldn't feel so separated from the listeners and uh, with a resulting kind of fear sometimes because of that sense of isolation. I wonder if you could teach me something about the trueness or falseness of this fantasy of mine. In China, there are also a lot of poets uh, who have a uh, wide distance from the audience. But that doesn't mean that uh, he's not a good poet. And some other poets uh, who have a lot of uh, readers, which uh, cannot prove that they are good poets either. I think it's, uh, this is true everywhere. So I don't quite understand your question. So one has the sense of very few readers, not a lack of sense of connection with those who do read. No, that is, is strong. And I feel a strong connection, but just a, uh, also a sense of isolation, separation. Maybe this is a weird American question that doesn't make sense to you because it, it, maybe it's a blessing you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
our generations, uh, the, this generation of Chinese poets, uh, do have a very close connection with the culture and uh, the population. I receive a lot of letters uh, from readers who are peasants, soldiers, and uh, and students. And when I came to the United States, I have uh, recited my poems eight times in California. And a lot of people, it's uh, only after and a lot of people only then so realize there's such a thing as poetry or poets. And it seems that uh, in the United States, very few people are interested in poetry. And in Minnesota, it seems that it's even barium. Uh, <laughs> uh, because there, there are fewer people interested in poetry. <laughs> My, so poetry readings, uh, gatherings, only four people show up. <laughs> so, and then, so finally, so 40 people showed up. <laughs> yeah, they thought this is a great turnout. <laughs> I think New York is great, so tonight so many people here. Another question coming out of my own experience. Are there subjects that you feel are taboo in poetry, subject of any kind that you feel don't belong in poetry. I don't feel there's any taboos in my own case. I uh, have been feeling free uh, once I started writing poetry. Because I, um, I'm used to saying things not in a straightforward way. And people can find whatever they want in my poetry. 
We said a little at dinner about um, being a woman and being a poet. And, I, and you, I was struck by your answer that you felt that the, whatever uh, a woman poet was facing was very similar to what a man poet was facing, and that there was a strong sense of equality there. I wonder if you would say a little more about that. I guess the question in the back of my mind has to do with the long tradition um, uh, in China, as in so many countries, of, of, uh, of patriarchy. And, uh, if you would just say a little more about the development of that sense of equality. So we talk about uh, the women's literature uh, uh, in yeah, When I was in Europe and here, uh, people keep on asking me this question of women literature. And I think in China, so women literature is not yet a special area. Because uh, what we face right now and want to solve, the problems to solve is the problem that both men and women face together. So, and after these problems were resolved, then we can start our women's literature. Maybe my daughter's generation can do that. I have used a woman as a subject in my poems. But very few When I wrote uh, those poems uh, with women as subjects, uh, I did not feel that uh, uh, as a woman. So because for men too, they also need equality. So in love too, so they also need equality. So is that so besides love, then people don't need a sense of equality? In China, unlike it's in the United States, this question, so the sense of equality is a very important question. So therefore some people think my poem, that poem, uh, to to the oak 
as a love poem, but some people don't think it's just simply a love poem. I like uh, my readers to interpret differently. And that's also my purpose. When I realized that I would be speaking with you, I had that idea that I mentioned of, um, of us writing a poem together in the style of, I forget, I, there is a Chinese, uh, 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 like the renku in Japanese. Of the, yes, linked verse, and there's a form. And um, shall we do that now before we take questions from the audience? Should we write our poem together? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I don't know if we would like to, I thought perhaps we could write, since we are both mothers, that we might write something, line, giving lines back and forth to each other about children or perhaps childbirth. But I leave it up to you as our guest.
窗外雨已在哭泣，雨正在哭泣。But or then outside the window, the rain is weeping. Wonderful sense. Do you also suiting of pulling one way and another? As if we really are two different poetries. Are I feel very similar in one way and in another way. There's a wonderful kind of tugging going on. She feels the same way because uh, 
you have children. I have only one child. <laughs> so you use plural, I use singular. <laughs> I was careful to use singular. I chose one and wrote about him here. Tears. Tears are plural. Well. Let's do two more lines and then we'll talk. Just a group. The small hands seems to caress lightly of my face, but cannot hold on to it. Cannot hold it. That small hand so seems to brush over my face, but cannot grasp it. Uh, oh, I can't. I think that, yes. That's the end. It's very beautiful to watch it, to watch it being written. Yes, that, I don't I feel that that. I'd like to ask you an, another question before we open the floor to more questions, which is, did you have any questions that you would like to ask me or ask anyone else here? In other words, do you come with questions um, that you would like to ask? Doesn't seem fair that you're always having to answer them. <laughs> I've enjoyed this kind of unfair treatment for a long time in the United States. <laughs> uh, the only exception is uh, this one time that I recite my poem to the to children, and finally I ask uh, the kids to come up to read one poem for me. So in the United States, uh, the kids are the most democratic. <laughs> 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 
simply pass. <laughs> you can stop me. Perhaps for the loneliness of an author. Perhaps these thoughts of ours will never find an audience. Perhaps the mistaken road will end in a mistake. Perhaps the lamps we light one at a time will be blown out one at a time. Perhaps the candles of our lives will gutter out without lighting a fire to warm us. Perhaps when all the tears have been shed, the earth will be more fertile. Perhaps when we sing praises to the sun, the sun will praise us in return. Perhaps these heavy burdens will strengthen our philosophy. Perhaps when we weep for those in misery, we must be silent about miseries of our own. Perhaps because of our irresistible sense of mission, we have no choice. Yeshiwo 也许我们歌唱太阳也被太阳歌唱着，也许肩上越是沉重，那纪念越是巍峨，也许为一切苦难几乎对个人的不幸。Okay, would you like to do questions and answers? Okay. wondering how does a poet support herself in China? Is she supported by the government? Is she supported by readings, by publishing, by teaching? In China, there are some poets on government wages. 
Uh, among the young poets, uh, it seems that I'm the only one paid by the government. So I cannot really represent those young professional poets in China. And so most of other young poets have other jobs. And in China, the poets cannot support themselves by reciting their poems or reading their poems. In China, up to now, I've never read my poems in public. Some movie stars in the TV or some radio stations have read my poems, but I've never got paid from their reading of my poems. Well, a lot of young poets uh, uh, have uh, completely uh, unrelated jobs uh, to their creative writings. They have various kinds of jobs uh, like uh, anyone else who do not write poetry. Two parts to the question. From what I understand, uh, Chinese poetry was influenced by Walt Whitman through Wu Moro and Aichin around 1919. What other Western influences have you picked up or been interested in or had some historical way uh, since the Cultural Revolution? Like most of the people of my generation, I've read Whitman. And besides Whitman, Neruda is also very popular and influential in China. And the Western poetry I first contacted 
was Baudelaire's uh, Flowers of Evil. When I was in the countryside, so sent down to the countryside, uh, at that time it was very difficult to get any book, and the only poetry I had, I had at that time is Baudelaire. And, but during the same time, I read quite a lot of Western masterpieces, mostly novels. And the Western poetry uh, we first uh, encountered when we started writing poetry. And I think this uh, major uh, Western influence in my case, uh, uh, which has nothing to do with literature, is uh, my family background. So my family is a Christian family. Sometimes uh, uh, we get the influence from the essence of certain things uh, instead of from the form of those things. And the first American uh, uh, influence and I got is from after 76 that I received uh, some information from my Hong Kong friends and they sent me uh, through correspondence uh, in their letters usually they send me one or two poems. And that's the time I first knew the Carsember or Milan. And recently uh, I read uh, uh, Snyder and uh, Ginsburg's uh, writings, but I think the translation is not so appropriate. Because I think I can understand what they want to say in the poetry, but uh, the translated uh, version I read, uh, uh, I get, uh, it doesn't just doesn't sound right. So the translation must be terrible. Well, <laughs> uh, I have uh, a much 
sound uh, education in classical Chinese poetry. And my family's uh, can be called that kind of time-honored uh, literate uh, family. And what uh, I can't tell is uh, which part of me is from my father, which from my mother, but I know it's a combination of my uh, parents, and uh, which means a combination of Chinese and Western civilization. The other half of my question relates to that. Um, as you know, many of the American poets of my generation were interested in Taoists, Buddhists, and earlier Confucian texts and writings. That's a tradition in American poetry from Ezra Pound to the present, especially with Snyder Buddhist interests and meditation practice. Although you are of Christian background, uh, you and your friends like Beidou and others, what basic philosophic or religious texts do you please you from the Chinese uh, lineages, uh, Taoist, Buddhist, or Confucian, and in your generation, how much of that cultural heritage has been reclaimed since the Cultural Revolution? Uh, when I was little, my grandmother uh, every night uh, would pray. She's a very dedicated Christian. Like uh, most of the Chinese uh, during the Cultural Revolution, she suffered a lot. 那时候我才十, uh, 13岁吧, 
At that time, so I was only 13. So what I was thinking was that God did not come to save her. So since then, so, uh, I haven't really so, devoted myself to any religion or religious belief. I only believe in myself. So, although this sounds very childish, and then uh, afterwards, uh, I have more respect uh, for religion. In California, so I even went to a uh, Zen Buddhist it's a temple, yeah, it's a temple, so, and uh, for people to retreat, and I also spent two days there. And the abbot of the temple is also a poet. And uh, after having conversation with him, then I realized a lot of American poets were heavily influenced by Zen Buddhist ideas, so, just as Mr. Ginsburg said. And uh, talking about myself, uh, I think in China, uh, although uh, I would desire to have that kind of sense of tranquility, but uh, I don't think myself uh, can really enter that state. I think it uh, still would be a long time for, for me to believe only in myself. And of course this would be a heavy burden for myself because I think maybe it's a when you have a religion, then you can uh, relieve, relieve your burden. And I don't know whether uh, what I just said uh, makes sense or not. But uh, I know uh, in China, uh, people like Jiang Tzu uh, is studying Taoism. Jiang Tzu. Oh, you said Zhuang. Yeah, it's a poet called Jiang Tzu. Uh, it's a friend of Beta. Probably you will be interested. And 
uh, who studies uh, Taoism, Lao Zhuang philosophy. Yeah. But uh, it's just a study, it's an uh, uh, interest, not a belief. And uh, uh, among the Chinese poets I know of, uh, none of them really believe in Zen Buddhism. I am a poet and so happy to see you in my country. I uh, know of the work of Chu Qin, the great woman warrior poet of China, who many Americans probably have uh, not had the chance to read enough in translation, and also of Quan Yin. And we here, we women poets here in America, have a kind of symbolic or metaphorical revival of feminine deity in connection with nonviolence and the peace movement. And much of our work has begun to be concerned with nuclear war. And since we poets write for a hope, the vanity of immortality, in hopes that eyes and ears many generations hence might see or hear our poems, I wonder, do the women poets of your generation write much of the fear of the end of the world in an infinite nuclear winter? Has this theme become a concern? And could you tell me a little more about the women poets of your land today and the kinds of things they are writing about? Yeah, most of uh, the uh, women poets in China are interested in subjects like uh, love and uh, children and uh, motherly affection, things like that. There are quite a lot of women poets in China, but uh, the influential ones, so the nationwide, so the, with nationwide influence, are still very few. So it's, uh, they uh, haven't formed any uh, uh, of their own identity 
or representation. They're still in the process of solving the, the basic problem of uh, the uh, freedom of marriage and uh, freedom of love, uh, so their own choice of uh, their future, things like that. So uh, that means they're still quite uh, busy with these more subjective personal issues, so they don't have time to think about uh, anti-new. But uh, uh, when I, I'm here, so I, uh, I've been here in my state for some time, so on my way, so people always uh, show me some kind of uh, flies or anti-new, but I always sign so in those petitions. <laughs> So of course uh, we need peace, and uh, but I think uh, first we need peace at home. Two sets of questions. <coughs> One. How did your poetry get on democracy wall? Did you physically put it there yourself? Did the government put it there? Second, do you like New York graffiti? And what, what do you see on the walls of America? And that poem uh, put on the democracy award uh, uh, was circulated among friends and they copied my poems uh, and uh, from each other and uh, gradually passed to uh, some people in Peking and uh, the Peking's uh, readers then put on the democracy wall. And because uh, the place I live is far, far away from Peking, so it's the shaman. And, and also at that time, so I did not have that courage to put my own poems in the democracy wall.
<laughs> I don't see anything wrong. But in China, they also serve Chinese graffiti on the wall, all kinds of slogans. So it's better now in China, so there are fewer graffiti on the wall in China. But uh, you know, there are some people who always want to express themselves. I wanted to ask if there is an interest among young people, poets or otherwise, in two writers in China. Uh, Han Chan, supposedly is called not monastery, where I think Alan has been, some others here. And the other is uh, whether there's an interest in Lu Shun, who took a rather pessimistic, although sympathetic view of ordinary I think it's uh, very interesting. <laughs> None. <笑>也可能是研究鲁迅的,还有专门的学者在研究。刚刚中间还有一些年轻的,但普遍的青年诗人或青年作者呢,他们现在一度鲁迅的研究已经研究很多了,我想。And there are still a lot of scholars studying Lushin. And uh, there are also some young scholars also studying Lushin. But I think uh, the young poets and young writers are not really interested in Lushin because it is already too much uh, studied. So maybe it's, uh, in the future, in another 10 years, 20 years, there are more people interested in that we cannot uh, predict now. Any other questions? What classical poets are there? <laughs> <laughs> There's no clear trend in China now. But what does she read? What does she enjoy reading? Yeah, it's a little bit. Among the classical trends. Oh, it's a lot of people who like to read the poetry. Yeah, it's a lot of people who like to read the poetry. Kind of uh, poetic form flourished during the Song period, like uh, Li Qingzhao and uh, like uh, Li Yu. And some rhyme prose. So, and some other poets, uh, some poets other than Li Bo and Du Fu. No. Uh, she doesn't read. 
is in life. Thank you. Please come to the Can microphone. You, uh, come up and Thank, you. Them Thank you. Both of you said that the poet readings uh, attract many, very few people. If you came to, if, when you will come back to China and, for example, write a poem about your visit in United States, a poem that would not only be impressionistic, how you feel, or what you ate, but a work, seriously work, and that would be somehow distributed. There is a reading in which a poet would read about the United States, her music to the Chinese people. Who do you think it would also attract only to the old French people? And so uh, I just said uh, that I myself did not have the chance to read my own poems in China. So, but in China, there are also poetry reading uh, gatherings. So uh, most of these people who read poems uh, in poetry gatherings uh, are university students. They read their own words. And usually would have uh, very uh, uh, interesting reactions and uh, people really like it. But uh, uh, I must I, I don't know any government sponsored poetry reading gatherings. So, and so maybe there are, but I don't know. And it seemed that from my experience in the United States reading my own poetry, uh, I began to feel that there's some kind of consonance or harmony uh, between the poets and the readers. And so when I go back, uh, I like to suggest to uh, our people uh, and uh, the Chinese government to experiment with this kind of form. But I myself uh, will still refuse to read my own poems. <laughs> Because I think the most painful thing in the world is to read my own poems. <laughs> yes, I don't like uh, my own poems uh, after it's completed. Once it's completed, it lost its flavor. <laughs> <laughs> 
any poetry while you are here? And also, do you have any idea what you will be writing about your visit to the United States when you return? So uh, I can't write anything while traveling, so, as I told Sharon, so, and I usually so, have to write my own poems at my own desk. Exactly like I have to sleep on my own bed. And I don't know whether I would write anything about this trip or not, because uh, uh, in Europe, uh, when I was traveling in Europe, uh, I told people that I would never write uh, anything about my trip there. But as you can see, uh, after a while, I did write something about my European trip. I'm a mother. Uh, I always uh, wish I would uh, give birth to a daughter, but uh, the child I have is a son. <laughs> this is the same uh, uh, as writing poetry. <laughs> During the Cultural Revolution, there might have been many poets that, that had chances to, to read their poetry. Are they still read and uh, reciting or their poetry now that the Cultural Revolution is no longer uh, with us? As far as I know, no. But some of them so, are still publishing so, new poems. And so I think there's nothing strange about this, and so it's quite natural. It's a sensitive question. Uh, 
I used to like this poem. And at that time I was eleven. So when I was reading the, the text, the textbook. So I still remembered some of his lines uh, that I can not forget. But I must say some of his poems are uh, very good poems. And although my father was a good banker, but uh, or bank manager, uh, but during this period, uh, he was a coolie hauling the, the uh, truck, the cart, the Chinese, you know, the Chinese cart. So maybe because of this, this kind of hard labor, so he could escape uh, uh, the a kind of uh, suffering of being blamed and uh, being hanged with a huge placard. And my mother died during the Cultural Revolution, toward the end of the Cultural Revolution, because uh, she always feel so, so sorrowful. Uh, 
My uncle and my aunt uh, were both labeled uh, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, counter-revolution or bourgeois element and uh, uh, put on that kind of huge black hat and uh, uh, I was very little at that time but uh, I was the only one that could bring them food to feed them. And I was brought up by my grandma, and but uh, both my grandparents died within one week during the Cultural Revolution. Because they, so their age is so already they're old, and because of their age, so they could not uh, endure this kind of harsh uh, test. I lost three uh, relatives that closest to my to me. And so later I wrote a poem to my mother, just called Two Mothers, uh, which uh, uh, really gets the sympathy and uh, response from a lot of young people who had similar experience. And maybe the, uh, among our, my generation, there are some other uh, young people who experience even more, even cruel uh, situation than what I did. So this is, this is really cannot compare this kind of damage to your mind. Some people can endure the pain of being cut off of their both hands but uh, probably cannot uh, endure just one form.
on my temple and I begin to hold your clothes as when I was little a mother to catch Fading shadows. I cannot, I dare not to open my eyes, although the morning twilight has already cut the dreams into smoke. I still treasure and hide that red scarf and afraid that washing would make it lose your special warmth. Our mother, isn't the stream of 
days and years is ruthless is as ruthless as afraid of the fading of my memory how can I how dare I open its screen its painting screen I cried towards you I cried because of a small thorn but now wearing a thorn cap I dare not and dare not even to groan Ah, mother I often look up Sally at your photo even though my cry can pierce through the yellow earth how dare I disturb your peaceful sleep I tell not to lay out my gifts of love although I have written many many songs to flower to ocean to dawn our mother my deep sweet memory is not a rapid not a waterfall is the silent ancient well hidden among flowers Are there, are there any more questions?